Thanks for joining me on this Cleveland baseball morning. The final from Tropicana Field in St. Petersburg, Florida. The Tampa Bay Rays 9, the Cleveland Guardians 8. I'm Debbie Barris, and this may be sounding a little different. And heck, this isn't even the morning. Uh, we're after lunch because it's been one heck of a morning in my house. My son decided that 6.30 in the morning was the perfect time to wake up, and I literally have not gotten a chance to record. So the only peace and quiet I'm going to get this entire day is while I am out walking the dog. So you are coming with me. we got a little trail behind our house, and uh, it's not going to be a long episode. But after yesterday's game, I had to say something to you about what went down. I mean, it was both the most ridiculous game I've ever watched and maybe the most entertaining game I've watched all season. You know, if if someone were just scrolling through their MLB app and were wondering to themselves, which game should I watch? What Major League Baseball game would be the most entertaining for me last night? How could you not go wrong with this Guardians-Rays game? I mean, 17 runs scored. Uh, plenty of hits, uh, crazy walks, pass balls, huge momentum swings, huge home runs, moments for multiple players. Like, how could you not go wrong and not be entertained by this game? And isn't that the goal in the end is to be entertained for the night by a baseball game? But on the other hand, for both fan bases, they have to be just absolutely ridiculously frustrated with their teams, with their bullpens, uh, you know, uh, there's a few defensive plays that Cleveland probably wants back. Uh, it's just all around. There are some absolutely bonkers things that happen in this game. Uh, managers, there's plenty of people who are mad at Terry Francona this morning. We're basically kind of treating this game like it didn't matter, like not going for the win when he had the lead. There, there's a point in this game in the top of the sixth inning where you take the lead. Four to three. And then he leaves Curry out there, and Curry immediately gives up two hits, a double, and a home run. And that's kind of the thing I wanted to talk about about these Rays and these Guardians, looking at these two teams. Uh, there's other things we're going to talk about. Believe me, we're going to talk about Miles Straw in a second here, but, uh, and the walk off. But uh, when looking at these Rays and Guardians teams, and I'm looking at the lineups here, and I'm saying, well, you know, the Rays don't have these, aside from Yandy Diaz, they don't really have these like out-of-the-world batting averages. But what they do do is they hit for power. And look at the OPS numbers compared to the Guardians team. Right, Looking at that lineup from last night, there is one guy, uh, Margot. In fact, no one in our betting Bethancourt, the catcher in the starting lineup, is the only guy under a 700 OPS. Meanwhile, look at the Guardians lineup. You got only two guys in the entire lineup that have over a 700 OPS. Does that show you the difference in power, right? And the difference these lineups can produce, different ways these lineups produce? Like, I'm sorry, it's not good enough. The Guardians style of baseball being the pesky team was fine for one season. But it's not, it's just not good enough offensive baseball to compete, and we keep getting beat this year because other teams can put the ball out of the ballpark. And Parade is a home run right there to take back the sixth inning. We can't win the inning. Uh, and to take back the lead is the perfect example of that. I mean, boom, two swings of the bat, and they're right back in this thing. Uh, not only right back in this thing, they got the lead. They've taken the control of the game back. So 
And then, of course, the walk-off home run uh, to end the game, just another example of how their power makes a significant difference. Uh, now, we did have a home run. It's not to take, let's not take anything away from Miles Straw. And we only had two extra base hits on the day? Wow, I was surprised by that. With all the hits we had, I mean, we had 10 hits. That's not nothing to, not too bad. But uh, Quan's triple and then Straw's home run. Maybe we'd have more extra base hits if Jimenez wasn't trying to bunt every at-bat. I, I get that it worked for Quan in the first at-bat, right? It caught them off guard. I understand that Jimenez thinks he can catch people off guard with that bunt. But twice in the game? Like, I just... And then when he swings away, he gets hits <laughs> both times. And I apologize for the cough. I have no way of editing this. Both times he lays down the bunt, he's out. Both times he swings away, he gets hits. So swing away, Jimenez. Uh, have confidence in yourself to swing away. Uh, but Straw's home run. All right, let's talk about it really quick because I'm kind of coming to the end of my walk here. Uh, I, congratulations to Straw. Like, it's ridiculous that it took him nearly two years and over a 1,000 at-bats to finally hit a home run. Uh, it's not his game. I get that it's not his game, but you'd think every now and then. And in fact, earlier in the game, he fouled one off down the left field line that eh, might have, if it were a little more towards that foul pole, might have been out, but he gets it here. Uh, he gets it off of, uh, in the eighth inning, off of Adam. And it was a fair shot. Like it was, it was a re- 96.8, I believe was the exit velocity. 30-degree launch angle. I think it went 380 out to left field. Um, would have been a home run. I think it said 23 out of 30 ballparks. I actually tweeted this out last night. Um, it actually had a low expected batting average, and I'm guessing that's because of the exit velocity. I'm guessing 96.8 isn't enough exit velocity for that to be considered uh, a high chance of being a hit or something like that, which is why you have a low expected batting average. But Congratulations to Miles Straw for finally getting it. I, I'm not, we spent enough time this season dogging the guy. I'm not going to do it here. Not on this day. He deserves, he deserves to have his moment uh, and to celebrate his home run. Uh, he plays hard. He actually makes a fantastic catch in center field, leaping up against the wall. I believe to steal a hit from Hanley Ramirez. So an absolutely fantastic catch there as my dog chases a squirrel here on the nature trail, but um, an absolutely fantastic catch by Straw. And so he had a good game. Straw had a really good game. Not only that, he had an RBI hit earlier in the game uh, with men on base. So, I mean, comes through in a moment there. Now, the thing is, we talked about his high leverage situations. And in a situation where it's a four-run deficit late in the game in the eighth inning, I actually don't think that home run would be considered a high leverage situation because it probably doesn't move the win probability line all that much it's probably considered a low leverage home run so uh and then once again um he comes up late in the game he does come up in that ninth inning when it is a high leverage situation and he does have a chance to affect the outcome of the game and he's one of those strikeouts there late in the game in the ninth inning so uh in fact he's the last batter for the guardians in that uh, ninth inning where they leave the game tied and go into the bottom of the ninth. So that would have been the high leverage hit that we needed from him. And he strikes out in that moment. So, all right, I guess I am going to dog him a little bit. I apologize, Miles Straw. I, it's nice to see you hit your home run. Congratulations. Um, we should talk about Wander Franco's home run, and then we're going to get into the, the, the bullpen mess of it all. Uh, 
You know, there was a really interesting article in the uh, Athletic. Zach Meisel, once again, absolutely fabulous writer. And he talked to Bo Naylor, or, and he talked to uh, Tanner Bybee about the strikeout they had the other day where he threw four sliders in a row and then dropped a changeup. And I'm totally blanking on who the batter was right now, but it was in the last series. And, uh, oh, it was a Springer? I think it was Springer for Toronto. And uh, it talked about how much research and how much homework Bo Naylor does. He's always got his headphones on. He's always watching video. He's taking notes in a journal about these hitters. Bo Naylor is putting in the work, and that is great to see. And Bybee said, you know, they were following along with what Springer is good at, what he's bad at. He struggles against sliders. They, it, it just kept coming up that what would be the most unpredictable thing for them to throw was a slider. And so they kept throwing it until they got him in a count where the most unpredictable thing would be an inside changeup dropped at his knees, and it totally works for a called strike three. It's beautiful. Beautiful communication between the pitcher and the catcher in that situation, knowing the scouting report and absolutely working a guy over at the plate. Well, then you get to Wander Franco here in the ninth inning. The bottom of the ninth inning, he's the leadoff hitter for Tampa Bay. Now, I looked at Wander Franco's stat cast page. And when he's batting from the left side of the plate against a right-handed pitcher, all his power, all his hard hit, all his exit velocity comes on stuff that's in, that's up and in, that's middle in. It's, that's his sweet spot. It's his nitro zone. All his power, his home runs mostly come from stuff that's up and in that he turns on. So why, with the sidearming slinging Sandlin, are you throwing him a slider Middle in. I, I looked where Bo Naylor was set up. It was probably supposed to be down and in. It was probably supposed to stay down along the knees, maybe at the bottom of the strike zone. But it rode up, and it came middle in, and he absolutely demolishes it for the monster walk-off home run. And I'm thinking to myself, you know your scouting reports, Bo. I know you know it. Why are you challenging him in? You had thrown him a splitter earlier in the at-bat on the outside edge. Why aren't you staying away? And pitching to that outside edge against Wander Franco. But Franco does it. He has the moment. It's his first major league walk-off hit. So I guess we got to give congratulations to Wander Franco there for a monster shot. All right. So I told you this was a really entertaining game. And it was. Uh, how could you not? Plus the whole Savali facing his former team. I, I mean, we hit him. We just didn't score a lot of runs off him. Savali's actually given up a lot of hits in his two starts. For Tampa Bay. I know Tampa Bay needs starters, but in the long run, in the long run, if Savali, like, struggles in Tampa Bay, we may win this trade yet. It is way, way too early to judge this Aaron Savali trade. We have no idea what this prospect is going to turn into. Is he the big power-hitting first baseman we've been dreaming of? Like, we have no idea. It's way, way too early to judge trades, Um, which is, you know, I get we have to react to trades, but it's always ridiculous to judge trades in the moment. There's so much that has to develop. So, uh, you know, Savali, uh, I thought, yeah, we uh, we got a lot of hits off him. We just didn't put a lot of runs on the board, two runs off of him uh, in his five innings. Curry, you know, had a bad third inning, but kind of settled down. Probably, do you want him facing the top of the lineup one more time there in the sixth inning? He pays for it. He pays for it, facing the top of the lineup, you know, or the, I guess it'd be the, the heart of the lineup there uh, in the sixth inning. He gives up the two-run home run and gives them back the lead. But then we get this situation here. Uh, after our bullpen 
uh, implodes. You know, Norris uh, strikes out the side, but then walks so many guys. And uh, we have the hard hit ball to Jimenez at second, which, look, Jimenez is a great defender. I, I got to have blame the turf for that one. But, you know, they, they run up the score on us. They got a four-run lead. We get the one home run in the eighth. So we make it close. And then the ninth inning comes around. I'd actually gone upstairs and put my son to bed. I come downstairs, and we've got the bases loaded and nobody out. And I'm thinking, oh, my God, are we going to get back in this game? And then this game just turns into an embarrassing mess. I mean, the fact that Fairbanks spikes so many pitches, so many pass balls, Then they go to the bullpen and bring in Stevenson, and the very first pitch, he spikes the ball and lets another pass wild pitch go, lets another run come in to score and tie the game. And I mean, I, they showed a shot of the manager in the dugout, and you just you have to be like, that's why baseball is like the most ridiculous game for judging these managers on their decisions, like. No matter what he does, he loses in that situation. Like, he, he he got the guy out of the game. He still had a one-run lead. All he had to do was get out of it. And he still brings in a guy who spikes the very first pitch. So it, it's almost like the baseball gods wanted the Guardians to tie the game so Wander Franco could have his moment in the bottom of ninth inning. Now, the embarrassing thing for the Guardians is the fact that they could not put the ball in play in that ninth inning. The fact that that he strikes out Oscar Gonzalez. He strikes out Bo Naylor. And he strikes out Miles Straw at the end there. Like, or was it Rokio who struck out and not Miles Straw? Like, guys, guys, we have to. Bases loaded, nobody out. Somebody has to put the ball in play. It was Rokio that struck out. It was Bo Naylor that walked. Uh, and then it was uh, Straw who struck out to end things. Someone has to put the ball in play. Someone's got to be able to. And I just, it, it kills me. This is a Major League Baseball team that in the ninth inning with the bases loaded and nobody out, nobody can put the ball in play. What are we doing here? I, I have to imagine, is it an approach thing? Like, what is it? What is going on that you can have a ninth inning like this and nobody puts the ball in play? So that's why this was most the most entertaining game and the most frustrating game of the entire season. All right. I appreciate you putting up with me doing the podcast like this. I wanted to say hi to you morning people. I wanted to say something to you uh, after that game last night. I just, this is the only way I can make it work today. So, you know, I'm off for the wedding uh, tonight, uh, tomorrow morning. I won't get an episode out. So I think Sunday night I'll sit down and we'll just wrap up this whole raise game with, with the baby asleep, with everybody asleep. I'll sit down at the mic and do an honest to God podcast episode for you. So, Thanks for joining me on this Cleveland Baseball Morning. You can follow me on Twitter at Davey Barris. You can email the show, clevelandbaseballmornings at gmail.com. And thanks again for joining me on this Cleveland Baseball Morning.